Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode number 10. This is a really exciting one. And as part of this, well, sorry, how, how, how really be? Peter, how, how is life? How is lockdown living? What are you up to? What is new? How are you doing? Right. Well, hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, what is new? Not much, really. I guess. I guess now I have to give people less of a distance around me as I'm running past them on my morning exercise. <laughs> but aside from that, not really much has changed. You know, still working on my thesis, um, still, you know, socially distancing, still kind of w- working from home. Although places are starting to open back up, including the universities, actually, which is kind of exciting. So I hope that that trend continues and we'll be back to some sort of a, what we would consider normal fairly soon. But aside from that, not much more to report on. Um, but yeah, how are you, Dick? Same, mate. Which we, if I could copy and paste your answer, I would do. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we good. Working away in everything. I put far too much time and money and mostly into the home office setup. But it's served me well. I've got a pretty nice view into the back. It's not even a garden. It's just middle of Edinburgh tenements where nobody cuts the grass. But it's really nice. There's a big tree and stuff. So that was a massive tangent. But yeah, really good. Um, stuff's starting to open up. You can now pee in people's houses if you if you want, which is great. Um, that was my highlight for this week. <laughs> uh, but no, really, really good. And looking forward to the podcast today um yeah i think it's a really cool topic and i've been excited to record it all week to be honest right amazing so let's get to it so today i just wanted to talk to people about a concept that some some of you might have already heard which is kind of being popularized at the moment it's it's called hormesis and that term i believe originated from pharmacological studies of responses to drugs and it basically in the simplest terms refers to the fact that you you will see different responses to a certain stimulus at low doses and high doses and while high dose of something let's say a high dose of alcohol can kill you uh, a low dose might have a very different effect and because this thing is harmful in certain ways or at least um, is, is challenging to the body, what the body will do is it will use that stimulus as a, as a way of getting itself stronger. So is that kind of old maxim of what doesn't kill us makes us stronger is actually what exactly this is. So I think, I think we have a couple of examples for you guys. And, and the first one that I would really want to talk about, which actually is related to the other two that we prepared, um, is sauna. So when you go into the sauna, when you go into the high temperature, your body is under stress. Your body doesn't like it. It's not a natural environment. You're stressing your body. But because you're doing that in a very controlled way, over time, you're actually ripping benefits of this. And the benefits are very, very wide to the extent where sauna is actually being suggested as an alternative to exercise for people who cannot exercise because it has a lot of the same benefits. It has a lot of the same cardiovascular benefits. You have the effect on the heart rate, where as soon as you go to the sauna, 
you you basically your heart rate becomes elevated but afterwards your heart rate drops to the levels below what has been measured before you went into the sauna if that makes sense so it has this, the same kind of effect of lowering your resting heart rate it has the same benefits on your, on your cardiovascular system both in terms of stuff like c-reactive protein and inflammation in your in your blood vessels um, and also antioxidant response i believe as well and just generally detoxifying your body as quite a few toxins can only be released from from the body with sweat um so in that way it it basically acts as that that controlled stimulus that stresses the body just enough to elicit a response that makes it stronger but not strong enough to um to harm it if that makes sense yeah absolutely and i think it's really cool because the word stress just links it entirely to exercise and it's the exact same principle so i was gonna say it's almost a i hate to use the word lazy but a lazy person's alternative maybe not yeah i've been really interested one because i've never thought much about it obviously at most gyms you do have saunas and you do get that close link with after a session or even just chilling out in general using it but i mean this is cool and i think that this whole theory always comes back to the education component where if you know why something's important or or why it works it's quite empowering actually isn't it and i've got a few notes about it because i'm you know honestly learning more myself i mean it's really cool and i think that the cardiovascular health side of things something i'm really interested in and i don't want to go off topic but one question i genuinely had i wanted to ask you for a while actually was about lowering your heart rate and getting to a much better resting heart rate which at least from what i understand is lower is that something that saunas can help yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly, just as I mentioned, the way that exercise, which again is a is a, a hormetic stressor to your body because it causes inflammation, it breaks down your muscle, it raises your heart rate and your blood pressure. You know, you become all sweaty and you become all red and you become exhausted, especially if you're doing something really, really intense. But afterwards, you become more efficient, better because of it. So. The, the same principle applies in the sauna. If you ever went in with a heart rate monitor, you will see that your heart rate spikes a lot because your body is under stress and it has to pump the blood. A lot of the, the circulation goes towards the skin because you're starting to sweat. And as such, you know, it has to become more efficient. But then, as I said, when they studied the participants afterwards, their heart rate actually drops because with time, the body will become more and more efficient at delivering blood everywhere. And so the, because of that, the heart rate can, can be lowered. Mm, that's quite cool, actually. I need, to, I need to do more. I'd miss a day. And it's amazing because I, I, I generally have got a website of some details on it. And I'm actually amazed at how many different sections there are for benefits even down to skin issues, psoriasis, asthma, maybe Alzheimer's. They, they have included a question mark for that one. That's probably more of a deeper dive maybe on uh, some other some other podcast. It's quite interesting. And they do mention obviously being careful about dehydration. 
and making sure you've got enough water, what would be your, your recommendations around that? Well, so when you mentioned, did, did you mention Alzheimer's or Parkinson's? Uh, Alzheimer's. Um, right. So there's also evidence for Parkinson's and something called Huntington's disease. And that has to do, without going into too much detail, with a group of protein called heat shock proteins. So these are, um, their expression is elevated when you have exposure to high temperatures. Um, and their expression is elevated inside your cells. And part of what those heat shock proteins do is they help with correct folding of other proteins, and they also help with removal of misfolded proteins. And with a lot of those neurodegenerative diseases, such as Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, it's those faulty protein aggregates that are responsible for a lot of driving of those diseases. And so the idea behind the positive effect on those is that through the elevation in levels of those heat shock proteins, you're basically clearing out all that protein debris from your cells and you're keeping them healthier. See, I love this. I mean, the amount of detail you can go into that and I think that's so interesting. And it does remind me a lot of a few things we did learn with with biochemistry during the degree. And it's funny, isn't it? Because I think that with a lot of the theory, you often think it will be really complicated but actually like the way you've explained it is actually quite simplistic which is great because it means that people almost have this lower barrier to entry when it comes to learning about not only what we're talking about today but even just fitness nutrition in general um i think it's really really cool and i've also got tons of notes as well on cold showers which i know is completely opposite do you want to touch on any more about saunas well you, you just i kind of interrupted you but you just mentioned a question about dehydration was it yes yes um obviously with that is mainly just a caveat of one thing to work out for i'm conscious actually that especially here in edinburgh and around the uk and other places super hot week people are sweating loads running about maybe keeping very active and this is obviously a complete tangent, but yeah. What, what would be your recommendations for hydration for saunas, but maybe also in general, potentially, because I think a lot of people often just forget about it. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a very good point, especially during the day as well on the, on those hotter days, people underestimate how much water they lose. Um, I am a big fan of dehydrating yourself in a controlled way. Um, so for example, during exercise, maybe if you're into running like me, taking no water with you on an hour and a half run or trying to run a half marathon with no water. Reason being is that it's not that dehydration is good for you in, in, in any sort of way. It, it's not, but again, going with the theme of hormesis is is just that idea of you don't want to remove stresses from your body you want to remove stresses that are damaging but generally speaking low level of stress in a controlled way is good for your body so it gets your body used to 
being more efficient with, with his fluids. It gets the body more used to, you know, exerting one uh, oneself and then not having the immediate need for water, right? But having said that, then after that, rehydration is critical. And the way you should do it really is if you were to, to be very particular, is if you lost a large amount of water throughout the day, is you cannot drink just water. That's just not going to cut it for most people. And so the solution is, for example, to be rehydrating with food because the food will, will contain a large amount of those micronutrients such as you know sodium and potassium and calcium and magnesium ions that are important for maintaining the same osmolarity. So basically, you want the same gradient of concentration of those ions in the water as it is in your body, give or take. Obviously, you can't control it fully, but you cannot just take pure water. So if you have been severely dehydrated, taking something like water with electrolyte tablets is a very, very good idea. Or if you don't have electrolyte tablets, literally having something salty with your water or even sprinkling some salt into your water. It's very, very important that you don't drink pure water when you're very dehydrated. Most people won't get to that stage, so most people won't have to worry about it. And a lot of the water that we drink anyway has electrolytes in it, so it's not a massive problem. It's more for when you have been pretty extremely dehydrated. And also, you should never really rehydrate quickly, uh, quickly unless it's absolutely necessary. Uh, you want to be rehydrating a lot, but you want to spread it out in time and not just go up a massive amount of water in one go. Some really good tips on that. And the thing that I see as being a really easy mistake is the salt electrolyte side of things. And this is the chemist speaking from, from my part, but it's pure concentration. And if you're losing a lot of those through sweat, the irony is it's almost like you're trying to help out your body, but you're making it a bit worse. Where if you just have a lot of water, especially quickly, it makes your electrolytes even lower versus the amount of water in your body. Well, that was a really interesting point. That's brilliant. And speaking of water, I think it brings us nicely to a certain extent into a really funny and popular topic, especially with cold showers, but also thinking about things like ice baths and anything that is cold, for lack of a better phrase. What do you want to dive into on, on this, Peter? What for you jumps out as a really interesting theory or the science behind it or benefit? Well, so one that has been fairly well proven is the muscle repair, muscle damage after exercise. So that's why you, if you've ever seen the CrossFit games, for example, when they do the, those extreme activities ranging from endurance to just pure strength in between the workouts when they have you know three or four events per day they will plunge into ice baths and the reason why is because it helps to preserve those muscles it helps them to recover just a little bit quicker um for normal people i believe that you shouldn't do that straight after exercise that those cold baths work fairly well a few hours after exercise but not straight away um the other thing that I know about them and just exposure to cold in general is that 
they can help you in converting um, something which in medical literature is known as white adipose tissue to brown adipose tissue. In simpler terms, your fat, which is generally white, becomes brown and becomes brown because that's how it looks under the microscope, hence the term brown fat. And the reason behind this is, is because you have an increased mitochondrial count inside those cells. Uh, and mitochondria under the light microscope are brown. And so when you look at that, what happens with the brown fat is that it's much more metabolically active because of that increased mitochondrial count. And because of that, it's much healthier for you to be carrying brown fat because it's much easier, much more easy, easier kind of to lose, I guess. And also it doesn't spew out the same combination of pro-inflammatory factors that, that white, white adipose tissue does. So that's, those are the two benefits that I am very clearly aware of. Um, but so, so what, what did you want to add to that? No, it's a great point. And so important to, to really know the details and the difference from what you just said, a lot of people wouldn't go and see that much detail, but once you do, you really start to appreciate why, why it matters. Really interesting one for me actually is mental health aspects. And I know this is a bit more of a left field discussion, especially if we think about cold showers and it's interesting because I've got a few things in front of me here that, that do speak about it in a lot of detail, especially endorphins and one description of use, which I think is maybe quite accurate, is for anyone with depression, actually, uh, or indeed anyone in general, really, cold showers can work as a kind of gentle electroshock therapy. Uh, the cold water sends many electrical impulses to your brain, and this can jolt your system to improve alertness, clarity, and energy, which I think is quite cool. And I think for me i've started doing it um which has been a yeah it, it has added a certain boost to my mornings and for me a lot of it is more of a mantra and i, I know this is not sciencey at all but it's almost that sense of doing things you don't want to do but just being disciplined and really just holding yourself accountable um and i think that's something that hopefully people can really resonate with in the sense of it's something that you, yeah, it's the same as jumping in a cold swimming pool or maybe bungee jumping. The build-up, you really make it worse than it is, if that makes sense. You know, this whole kind of fear side of things. Whereas if you just go for it, like if you just jump in or if you just turn your shower to cold and jump under it, don't even think about it, it's almost quite empowering because you appreciate that actually it's not as bad as you think it is. Um so that's my rather unsciencey addition, but it's something that I think is quite important. Right. No, absolutely. Do something that sucks every day. I absolutely agree <laughs> because it allows you to be more of a master in your own house. And what I mean by that, it's exactly what you said. Have better control over your mindset, over your decision-making, over your impulses that might not be beneficial for you. And so on. So I think that's a kind of, as you said, less maybe scientifically proven, but definitely just as valid point of them. I was just thinking from a hormetic point of view. Again, I, 
I don't particularly know if that, that has been studied a lot, but definitely anecdotally, you see that people with more exposure to cold, they definitely become ill less. That's, mm -hmm. that's one thing. And, and, and I don't mean necessarily, you know, the chronic diseases, although that might have an effect as well. It's more to do with, you know, your common colds and flus and all of those sort of things. It seems that their immune system, and again, this would tie up nicely as we kind of wrap this up towards that first idea of hormesis, which is if you're plunging into something cold, again, it's stress to your body, but obviously it doesn't kill you. It doesn't really hurt you in any way. But because of that, one could fairly easily see how that would be stimulating your immune system over time. And if that immune system just gets poked enough to just kind of stay active and stay, stay on its toes, but not, not enough to kind of, you know, go, go all crazy and cause autoimmunity and all, all sorts of other bad things. Over time, having that enhanced immunity um, will definitely be beneficial for you. And obviously now more than ever, your personal immunity is of critical importance. Well, to all of us really in in the times of this pandemic and so that's just something to think about and maybe read up a little bit more on such a good point and you know what i love about that it's the same principle the whole thing and that's why i really appreciate how you introduced the topic today because whether it's exercise or sitting in a sauna or cold showers or comparing that to immunity it's all about stress and how stress is a positive thing. And I always remember it's a really small thing, but I think that language, I think it's fascinating, especially if we look at the word you stress and EU, which we, as far as I'm aware, and I'm just going to literally Google this. I'm saying it, so I don't sound like an idiot. You, EU, the prefix, as far as I'm aware, means good. Let's see. Yes. Greek for good, I'm glad I got it right. Uh, nice. And for me, I think that really speaks for the fact that I found this too. Have you ever found this, Peter, where I used to think it was me, but I can really appreciate this a human fundamental, especially summer holidays, or if you've got a break from a job, or if you've just finished university. When you're working really hard and you have a deadline, it can also be a good thing, but also at the same time, you think, oh, I cannot wait to have nothing to do and sit around. It's going to be amazing. It's terrible. There's nothing worse. And I think because, and I remember a, few, a lot of people speak about this. I think it's a really good way of thinking about life in general. We have a stress spectrum and too much is obviously too much for obvious reasons, but so is too little. If you don't have enough use stress, you're not growing, you're not challenged, you don't have that as much a sense of purpose as maybe you should do. And actually, you just you don't feel good. You almost go backwards. Um, so I know that's a huge tangent to to wrap up my my side of it. But yeah, I just really think that it's principles and they all have the same basis, which I think is quite cool. Right. No, I think that's the best way to wrap this up honestly um obviously i completely agree with you <laughs> we we are not designed to be lying on the beach sipping margaritas all day it just doesn't work like that you do that for two days and you're going to go absolutely crazy after that 
Um, so yeah, I hope that everybody really enjoyed this topic and and are we going to do our recommendations deck? Maybe. 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 I'm going to have to cheat and for the app one, look at my phone and genuinely try and find it out that I have. But yes, let's, let's do it. I think it's worth looking at. Question as ever, do you want to go first or second? Um, I'm going to say beauty before age and I'm going to let you go first. Oh, stop. um okay food wise mm, okay let me think yes there's a fun one if you're trying to gain some muscle and this is really common and have a low appetite especially once you're trying to get up towards 3,000 calories a day this is really funny people always think that oh my god there's no way that i'll get bored of food trust me if you however if you try and get three thousand three and a half thousand and you're really busy it kind of sucks after a week or so try some pitted dates they are awesome and i'm always amazed at how high they are in calories if you get a standard pack from tesco or sainsbury's depending on the size it could easily be 500 some of them if it's a really big pack are 600 plus and they're really good plenty of plenty of nutrients which is always the plan. And in terms of app, that is a great question. I'm working on my phone now. Uber Eats probably would not go down too well as a suggestion. Um, <laughs> well, it depends how I look at it, yeah. Okay, I'm going to cheat a bit actually and say Spotify, but Spotify podcast. And the reason I say that is you'll be amazed at how much of your day you can afford to listen i'm not just saying that because we're doing a podcast but generally if you're doing a workout or if you're going for a walk in the morning or if you're doing some menial work or housework or anything that you don't need to pay a huge amount of attention to feed your brain genuinely and i do think that you need to keep doing that right Fantastic. I genuinely thought as soon as you said like 3,300 calories, I genuinely thought that you were going to mention some dominoes or something like that. (laughs) That's that's quite a big target to hit per day. But no, that's, that's really good. I'm going to, I'm going to mention to people that if you, if you've been having quite a bit of tofu, have a go at tempeh. It's, it's a much less known variety of it essentially it's made from the same thing from soya beans but it's it's more fermented and should be easier to digest and i think it has other benefits over tofu as well that you can quite easily find so it's just something to if you've never heard of it just something to kind of look up and maybe use as an alternative stuff it has a slightly different taste you might not like it quite as much as tofu which is just quite bland and will absorb pretty much any taste but just have a look at it, have a try, and and see if you like it. In terms of apps, I'm going to cheat even more than you. And I'm just going to say, I'm not going to recommend an app. I'm just going to recommend, look at your life and your everyday activities and see if you can spot any other examples of hormesis. Like I really want people to start thinking of a lot of the things that they're doing for their health in terms of that concept. 
So obviously, a lot of people would have known the benefits that we've listed for a lot of those activities that we mentioned, but they haven't put that into the framework of this of this concept. And it's just trying to notice a bit more and ask questions of, okay, is this beneficially stressing my body? And if so, what's the mechanism behind it making my body better and stronger over time? I love that actually. No, not cheating at all. It's such an important message and appreciate you appreciate you sharing that to wrap up. It's bang on the money. I'm I'm trying to think of better phrases, but lockdown and yeah, that's my excuse. Um anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> so I, I I had noted down an ask of the audience, but I feel like that is actually the best possible ask. So let's skip over that has been completed very well by yourself to finish up reasonably quickly where can people find you what are the channels and then maybe a bit of a teaser for a topic yeah we'll, we'll think about that after but yeah where, where can people find you right so again as always is is scientifically fit the blog that's just my blog with a couple of recipes i'm hoping to do a bit more with it once the phd finishes up and it's also linked to my instagram and it might be also linked to my youtube channel where i just have two videos of me running basically nothing really too important but yeah the main the main one is scientifically fit dot blog fantastic too modest too modest and yeah for myself i'm technical nutrition everywhere not literally but most places and Facebook, Insta, Twitter, LinkedIn, maybe if you're into that. Um, not sure many people will be, but that is cool. And yeah, that, that's it really. Um, only other thing would be brainstorming the next topic, which we normally do anyway, after recording. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm in the mood for talking, um, but now we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have up to say that is there anything you'd want to leave the, the audience with as a final final message well the final message is obviously we will we'll come up with other topic to talk about we have a ton ton to talk about one one which i think we'll tackle fairly soon might have something to do with with how you age and why you don't necessarily have to age the same way that other people do because uh, obviously that's a massive, massive one. So that's that might be might or might not be a little bit of a teaser for you. But also, you know, just leave us comments if 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 there's anything that you would like us to tackle, any other topics, or maybe when you heard the podcast and you found one of the ideas just really interesting and you would want a more kind of in-depth analysis of it. For example, from today's podcast, just the effects of of the sauna themselves can take up the whole podcast or even two if we were to really delve deep into that so just let us know if you have any suggestions whatsoever we're very open to that and we're very happy to cover anything that you guys would want us to fantastic brilliant well that that has been for me and we appreciate everyone listening as you always do and Appreciate it with a friend, anyone you think may be interested and will benefit from the, the knowledge 
and the information we'd love to hear from them anyway thanks again for listening guys we really do appreciate the support and we will see you soon bye everyone bye